All right, everyone, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness podcast. I'm your host, Jason Klepa, and on today's episode, we have JP Jarrett Perlmutter, who is not only the founder of Brick, which is an NC Fit partner gym, but also heads up the NC Fit partner program for NC Fit. And today we dive in this idea. You know, I'm a big stickler on practical application, um, real life experience. And today, for the first time ever on Business of Fitness podcast, we're going to do a two part series. So, this first episode is in regards to how to handle difficult situations, how to handle when employees want to create their own business. It's theoretical, it's the way that we're going to do it. Then, the second one is how it actually turned out. And what's really important for us is that we've had these conversations, we've prepared for them, we've done it right, we've done it wrong. JP is going to go over today how to do it right, how to talk it through. And then on the next episode, which I'm super excited about, we're going to talk about what actually occurred in that conversation and some additional takeaways that he had. So it's the how, and then it's when you actually apply it, what actually happened when you applied the information that he's going to share today. Super excited for this two-part series, first time ever happening. If you don't know what the NC Fit Partner Program is, especially if you're part of the NC Fit Collective, you're really missing out. We're sharing best practices. We're doing monthly calls. We're doing business. We're doing so many different things for the partner program, especially on our private Slack channel, that if you're not a part of it, we'd love to have you check it out. Go ahead and visit nc.fit. Check out underneath the partner program and hit us up for some more information. This podcast is all about rising the tides. This conversation does exactly that. JP shares some incredible insight. I can't wait for you guys to listen to it. I can't wait for you to listen to part two. Now, let's dive into an incredible episode on when employees start their own companies. Let's go. So JP, we just got done talking about the idea that this conversation that we're going to have right now is there's no perfect answer, there's no perfect solution, it comes down to communication, but you and I have both experienced these challenges, we're just gonna share our perspective, and, and now probably more than ever, um, this idea of staff, employees, owning, operating, creating their own business, in the gym or outside the gym, is, is becoming more and more prevalent, and I think that as oh, yeah. owners in the space, it's a very difficult conversation because I see both sides. On the one hand, we want to elevate our team. We want to enhance. We want to develop entrepreneurship because that's, that's what we, that's how, why we started a business. That's right. But on the other hand, there needs to be checks and balances because as an owner, you're paying for a specific service and you've built your business and to see someone come in and maybe capitalize on that or not fulfill their commitments fully because they're focused on their own thing, resentment can start to build up. And I think that's really what this conversation is about is how do you, how do you allow your staff to thrive, grow, which is very important because if you sure. hold it back, it's going to be even worse without feeling resentful. Is that, is that a good way to describe kind of where we're at with this conversation? Cause it's not an easy one. Yeah, I would say that's the, the bare bones premise, right? The tough conversations, setting the expectations, and then how to prevent a situation where possibly resentment starts to build or add up, which is a unique, a, a unique situation that all owners either have are or will face at some point in the, in their ownership. Yeah. And so you were talking, we were talking about specific examples earlier and I've, I've had several examples where, you know, maybe you have a chiropractor who then, you know, rents out space for you and that's pretty self-explanatory, right? They, 
they pay you, they have their own insurance, they do your own thing. They're going to benefit from our members, you know, going up and using their service. But we're also benefiting because we're getting paid rent, right? And we choose to do that. It's pretty like, you know, pretty cut and dry, right? Sure. Hey, you're a chiropractor. You're inside of our. You're you're a, a you know business inside of a business, and you're going to utilize our members, but you're also going to benefit them, and we're benefiting from the rent. But there's other examples that are not as tangible, not as not as clear cut. For example, nutrition is a really good example. Oh yeah, that's that's a definitely a hot topic in our world. Hot topic, and I, and I think we should dive into that because I know you have some some specific experience. But for us, we at NC Fit, we we discuss nutrition, but it's more of a discussion and less of a you know trying to give you know dietary uh, specific plans, things of that nature. We try and stay in our lane of more of a fitness and and less about the nutrition. We we have a we have a charter and a guideline, but if they're looking for additional support, we have outside people to help them. And I know for you guys, you've had something similar. And how do we do that? How, what if a coach wants to start a nutrition business? What kind of things should we be thinking about in your business? Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Jason. And if you don't mind, I'm going to back up just a quick half step. Is uh, the, you mentioned charters for how you guys operate in your uh, the world of fitness, right? You have a very clear understanding. As a matter of fact, I know you're even constantly working on it daily on sharpening the focus on what NC Fit means, right? Which is awesome, incredible, and all of us owners should be doing that on the regular. However, what I do see is an issue is that many owners want to have that same area of focus in the world of nutrition, but maybe lack the real, true material expertise in being that, right? And then much like many other belief systems, there's contradicting, let's say, science to practice to performance on whatever the new hip nutritional concept is, right? So you have to first ask yourself, within your operational system, are you adhering to one specific plan? Are you guys looking at general health and wellness as just like cap based on calorie consumption, on macros, on nutrient density, like even that ends up being its own conversation. So I love the fact that you uh, were clear on the idea that that's not an area of high level focus for the company and that you kind of are experimenting in the different worlds of just general nutrition. So I, I think that's important to preface because in our world, as you know, we all want to be material experts in virtually everything. So when yeah. it comes to how it can impact your fitness and performance. So I love that. And yes, absolutely. Right in that lane of nutrition, I also see with many owners, and I'm going to use examples of myself, that becomes one of the primary areas where I've seen conflict of coaches, we'll just say coaches or general staff are interested in starting, uh, whether it be starting their own nutrition business or being their point of contact for nutrition in your organization, which we'll get to in a minute could potentially be one and the same because by elevating that one individual to being the key focus of that, uh, material ec expertise, which I'll right. use that term a bunch, you've now created them as being the focal point. So now anyone in the organization, staff or members who want anything in nutritional advice, they're going to automatically be attracted to this empowered source. So that's just something for owners to keep, and take into consideration when getting into this world, because that's, that's like the um, subconscious, that's like the subtle beginning that's forming this ecosphere, this environment of what now we're going to talk about 
these these potential issues. So yeah. uh, I'm happy to dive deeper. Yeah, dive into it. Let's let's talk real world, man, because that, that's, that's, that's what's going on here, right? Is that owners are sitting there and this is what occurs. And yeah. nutrition is one example. Zoom class is another example. There's a few other ones we're going to touch base on that are real, real world. Yeah. So I'll start on the nutrition one first, yeah. right? So let's let's use anybody in an L, on staff or uh, in my say in in my case let's say you have a manager right and this managing individual is a uh, licensed uh, nutritionist right so they have all of the certifications necessary to be this material expert right so you can feel comfortable in elevating them to that position except their belief system might be endurance athlete. I'm just using an analogy that we can all understand, right? Well, being an endurance athlete doesn't mean that if you're a sprint athlete, you're not an athlete anymore. You just have different perspectives on how you train, how you develop fitness, and how you excel in your performance. It's the same thing in nutrition, right? There's a lot of contradicting methodology. There is a lot of different components. So now, so that's the first thing, right? So now you have this uh, elevated position in your company right, who's also a material expert in a very uh, hyper-focused topic, nutrition, and you start to allow them to engage with, all, I'm going to use this, your members, right? They're yours because they're under the umbrella of your business. Let's leave all the, they're everybody's members, and let's leave all the, like, the spiritual unicorn love out of this, right? Like, we get it. We're all one community. But ultimately, the owner is carrying the responsibility, right? You've got all the financials on your shoulders. Now this person starts to take on interested members, right? And I'm, I'm going to like get through the story and then we'll come back and create like the moral of it. They start to take on members. And based on their uh, unique sets of skills, they've given themselves a price amount per hour on that skill. And they say, yeah, uh, Jan, yeah, John, uh, I'm a hundred dollars an hour, I'll do take you through a course, I'll build out all this awesome stuff for you, and I'm going to give you great value. Awesome. You're in a, you're in a place I trust, right? Because they're in your environment, create a safe and secure environment for your members to be a part of. And so you've this entire um, uh, uh, relationship that you as an owner have created has created a perfect place for this individual to create and build their own business because it's like being in one of these romance shows where you're like on vacation in Tulum and of course you fall in love and everything is perfect because you're in the most perfect environment, right? There's no bills, there's no real world. Well, you've kind of given that to your, to, or I've kind of given that to my general manager because I've given them a pool of hundreds of people to choose from. I've elevated their place of power, right? So I've validated their expertise. All the members now only have them to focus on for nutrition. There's no competition at this point inside the organization, right? You've literally given them the perfect, perfect equation to successfully grow their business, right? Especially if they're on your salary because they actually get to grow a business and get paid, yeah. right? And so you, you say, okay, well, JP, where are you getting, where are you going with this? Well, fast forward now two years go by, they've got 20 uh, clients, right? They're busy, they're taking consultations and maybe the gym is growing. And so you're distracted by the fact that the, the business is in a decent trajectory. Well, what if the business isn't growing? At either point, at some point, you're gonna have to face the issue of, wait a minute, hold on a second. This individual that I am paying is utilizing in business time 
to build their own profitable business. And there's no potentially, and we'll talk about this, it, it, there's no formal relationship to that in my experience, in my example, right? I'm telling you me, this is my world. There's no for, formal relationship because over time, the business grew, the relationship grew, everything was perfect. So why throw a card into a, a turning spoke if the wheel's moving down the road, right? And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna abbreviate that because we'll come back to the different pieces of the story to kind of like fill in the, the gap. So now you ask yourself, well, okay, what's the worst that can happen? Well, resentment, the R yeah. word happens yeah. one way or the other. You're gonna approach them and start wanting uh, revenue they're generating. They're gonna build resentment because they feel like you're taking from a business they built, right? Or you've approached them because you feel resentment because maybe they've not, they're not coaching as many hours as they should be anymore. Maybe they're slacking on managerial skills. Maybe the rest of the team is seeing that they're excelling in their own personalized business, but not being an, an uh, advantageous addition to the existing team. More, fo more uh, uh, prevalent now than ever, right? Because we've had closures, there's been challenges, like everybody's super sensitive. So if they look over and one of your staff members is succeeding and they're like, man, I just want to get coaching hours. You're getting paid as a manager. You're getting nutrition clients from this business. And I'm, I'm just like waiting to get a call from the owner to say, hey, I'm going to give you another hour of coaching, you know, and then I'm going to give one more piece and then, you know, I'll throw it back to you. Now what happens, Jason, when either somebody who used to be on, who, who's been on the team or somebody new you brought onto the team has a similar interest set of skills right or potentially an even higher level of expertise or same but in a completely different sets of nutritional belief systems now you've got an internal team conflict that you have to face and deal with and what does it come down to the thing you and i always talk about was expectations and communication early and often yeah. And that's the key. So I know it was a little bit longer. No, no, that, no it's, a, it's a good example because I think the nutrition one for some reason stands out to me because I find that it's not something like for us, it's like, oh man, nutrition, we don't want to touch it. It's, it's a very complex thing. Oh, you want it? You want to do it? Okay, go ahead. Take it. And, yeah, that's right. right. And I get it as an owner. Like that's, that's part of it, right? Like, Hey, we're going to stick over here with the X's and O's and you go do that. But if you don't set that expectation early and often, you could grow into something like what you're talking about, where over time it starts to become something that no one ever thought it would. And I think you said something that is really powerful is that resentment builds on both sides, which I think is really unique and, and um, uh, ad ad adultish to say, right? Meaning like we have, to we have to recognize that on both sides of the coin, your, your lens and your perspectives can dictate what you're looking at. So on one side of the coin, this person is saying to themselves, hey, I built this business. I took on every client, client by client. And, um, you know, it's been going this way forever. And now you want to come and try and take something from me? Like what the hell? And, oh, by the way, the gym's still running. Like, I don't know what you're That's talking about. Right. right. And on I'm the other doing side, my job. I'm doing my job. Right. On the other side, it's like, well, you know, Hey, this person's, you know, getting distracted from their core focus because they're doing this and the business is not seeing any type of income from it. And that's not fair to the company because you're utilizing resources within the company. And so I think this same issue also goes with like um, Zoom classes is a really good analogy that recently became more popular is that you have a coach and 
you know, they're, they can't coach classes. So they start coaching Zooms, other, under the company or outside the company. Outside the company, let's just say, but their network is from within the company. And now the owner is sitting there saying, okay, you have John who's coaching a class at the park or coaching on Zoom and making, you know, getting paid from our members and the company isn't, but he got those members from the company and maybe they're even using the company's equipment. And I, I see it both ways. I really do. Because on the one hand, I think the onus needs to be on the, the business as well. That if you're not providing opportunities for these coaches and they, they're struggling, they need to do what they need to do to go eat. And if to go eat, they need to go do Zoom classes and you're, they're putting in the work and you're not, for example, then I, I don't know what to tell you. So I, I'm looking at it both ways where I love this yeah. idea of an entrepreneur, a nutritionist who wants to have an entrepreneurial spirit. And I want to enhance that, right? Because if we don't do it with us, maybe they'll do it with somebody else or maybe they'll just leave in general. And I think that's, again, every owner should take a deep reflection and say, hey, JP is sharing a story. We've had very, very similar, but each one of us needs to look within and say, hey, we need to elevate our team because if we don't elevate our team, eventually they're going to go do other stuff. But as we elevate them, for example, nutrition or Zoom or, or for example, we'll, we'll be releasing a new podcast with one of our team members because we would prefer to have that within the organization to have this person go do it out. But before we do anything, we need to sit down and talk about the, the, the birds and the bees. And I think if we have done that accordingly, we could have solved, like if you had just sat down with your team a couple of years ago, probably could have solved all of your problems, right? That, that's right. And not only a couple of years ago, Jason, because you're right. If, if, if this would have been more clear cut from the beginning and not just a communication uh, not just like a verbal conversation or some simple bullet points, but a really well thought out plan that we could review on a regular, even through its like infancy stage, there wouldn't be this type of issue potentially arising this far down the line. And the problem becomes when you get too far down the road, the monster, the snowball is very big. And what ends up happening is, and just continue to use my example, I, you could have a phenomenal relationship with this individual lots of years of success. They have a ton of benefits of working for you, right? Like you've created the most optimal. They're at the higher end of the pay scale in the industry for their position. Tons of health, you know, health benefits, uh, stipends and, and perks, right? So you've created this perfect environment, except you've also allowed them to build a business within it that does provide a decent set of income on top of what they're doing. So now they've created an expectation of the world they live in in your business. This snowball's moving down the mountain, right? It's growing. And in that, like you said, resentment could be growing. And you may not have triggered it yet, but the minute you trigger it, it's going to be much harder to recover from. And so what happens as owners? You start to say either, oh, there's, there's too much, you know, the, the, it's, there's too many fires to put out right now. Let that be the last one. I don't want to cause that be the last straw on the camel's back right now with how sensitive things are in the business. Some of us are going through that. Another thing could be the flip side where you go, man, things are just going so well right now that I would just, I just let it, just let it lie. The issue is at the longer it lies, it'll continue to snowball. And eventually, as you said, it's that magic R word, resentment will boil over. And if it doesn't boil over into a full explosion, it'll come out in the way you converse. It might be in the way that you respond to each other, right? And there may be um, start to create with resentment could also be potentially a lack of respect 
right? And that can become an issue. And you want at the relationship level between owner and manager, owner and staff, res respect always has to be there, right? Regardless of belief systems. And now you find yourself in the seat where you're like, well, what do I do? And it's, it's one of those things, Jason, like there's never uh, the right or wrong time to rip the bandaid off, right? Like the, when you do it, that is the time you need to do it. You, you just, the sooner, the better. So, so let's talk about that. So with the zoom classes, hopefully, you know, you get the coach back in underneath the, the, the gym, the umbrella, maybe even have a conversation with them, but recognizing that, man, these guys got to make money and we want to support them too. What do you do now? So you have someone who's in this situation, right? And it's been snowballing. And again, I'm raising my hand and saying, we have had these situations. We have. And most of them haven't gone on that, that, that long. But this also goes into things like personal training um, revenue shares. Uh, years ago, we, 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 we never took any revenue share. And then all of a sudden it started becoming issues because people were spending all this time doing personal training. We couldn't get them to coach classes. So that's another example of, of how as a business we had a level set. But talk me through this one because I want to make this tangible for owners. Sure. Like, like risk and liability separate, um, you know, LLC or corporation this person needs to have, right? So they take on their own risk and liability, I think is, is an important factor, right? If they're funneling money through the, your company and then getting paid that, that's a little bit different. You got to look into that. But if the money's going directly to them, they need to make sure they have their, you know, everything locked in. But how does the conversation go? What do you do? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. That's the million dollar question. And here's what I've learned over time, right? There's only one way to do it. There is only one way. One right? way. There's only one. Okay. And that is to simply sit down and do it. It's not by email. It's, it's not in any other way, but to sit down with that individual, right? And the, and, and the, that's the, the, that's it. That's the bottom line, right? You have to have the conversation. It's gotta be face to face because that is the professional means of doing it. Now I'll add some side bits. If you're concerned that it could get heated or elevated, it's important to have another staff member available in the conversation right? From an HR standpoint, that makes more sense when you dive into the, the laws or the potential concerns you get into. Because if it does become heated and this individual decides that they no longer want to be a part of your company, there are other ramifications that can come out of this conversation of creating unhealthy work environments, uh, a strong arm, etc. I know that sounds crazy, but I'm saying it from a place of experience, right? And it's a protocol in our company too. When there is this uh, conversation that could be elevated, conflicting, or heated, you need to have another staff member present, right? That's present just, from the beginning or present at the end or present when? When you have the conversation. So if There's I say- three hey, people there. There's three people in that conversation. So if I know that I'm going to have a conversation with you, Jason, right? Because you tried to start a company in my company and there's, we already know it's coming to a, a place of potential heat. Uh, uh, I would have another staff member present, trusting staff member or individual present in the room just to be uh, privy to the conversation, right? That everything went well. Now, sure. If okay. it's by so, so when we've had them, we, we don't necessarily do it that same way, but that's fine. I get where you're going, especially if you think it's going to go down the level of like someone's going to exit your company. I totally get sure. it. And, and, and it could be by Zoom and maybe you've got different kind of rules and regulations that you follow by. But that would be the first thing. So now you have this conversation uh, clearly with this individual and the next set of, of 
rules and, and regulations for this, for proper conversation in a heated, conflicting environment is to first acknowledge where you as the owner went wrong. I think that's important. You have to be genuine about it. And I know yeah. in the alpha world, it's hard to do, which is, hey, I want to preface this conversation by saying we're here. We're here mostly at the responsibility of me because I am the owner and I should have taken care of this sooner because if I would have, we wouldn't be here now. Right. And if we were here now, maybe in different, uh, different sets of circumstances. So I want to say that first, I am at fault and I apologize. And depending on the relationship, you can gauge it. But like in this scenario, it's say, Hey, I care about you as an individual. I care about your professional and career trajectory. I want to see you do well. I love to see the growth and your ability to generate further income and eventually do X, Y, and Z. However, let's break down. And this is kind of where we get into our ability to whiteboard and break down a scenario. And it's putting finite in facts. You have to keep the emotions out of it. Well, I, I did, and you did, and I. It's not about the you's and I's right now. You have to break down the, the scenario, right? As an owner, there are expenses, there are liabilities with this business, and this is what it looks like, right? These are sit on my shoulders on a daily basis to build this infrastructure. In is this new thing that has been created that you built, and you can just try to create the picture of what's going on here and say, now there's an issue, is because of the, the scenario of trying to lean the business out or look at everybody's optimal job positions, we're trying to create better career paths for everybody, Let's look at where the hours are being utilized, right? Like how many, like one, one, um, uh, one thing that you can do in your business is to ask these individuals to write out their week, right. to be honest with themselves, right. right? Like if you have a staff member that's always telling you, especially a manager, that they're too busy, right? You got to ask yourself, like, why are you, what are you so busy doing, right? Yeah. You want your team to be busy, but not overworked. It's one thing to have a heavy workload that week, next week for a month, a quarter. But if you're just like spinning wheels year over year where you feel overloaded, it's either the job role is incorrect or your personality doesn't handle the workload given. Yeah, or they, right. because they can't delegate it or whatever. Yeah, right. I think asking, we've been asking our team a lot lately, uh, mainly from a financial perspective, trying to allocate hours towards what they're actually working on so that we get a better depiction of our our profitability per, you know, corporate wellness, this, that. But anyways, when you look at people's hours, right, and they're working on it, you can start saying to ourselves, like, okay, is this person overworked because they have too many, too, too many, um, you know, jobs are coming at them, or are they just maybe not delegating it well, or maybe not segmenting their day appropriately, but doing it in more of a constructive manner, right? And, and, and I think you can learn a lot from that, actually, by looking at what they're sure. actually spending their time on. Yeah. And one thing I want to do, Jay, is like, uh, let me give a behind the scenes too. like what happens leading into this conversation. Right. And so here's here's a few things that you as owners can do. One is I'm a huge fan and I got this from a, a mentor early on in my in my in my entrepreneurial world is anytime you want to write a conflictual or potentially a aggressive style message to somebody. Right. Write it out read it a few times, let it sit overnight or a day and read it again, potentially, potentially close it out and start a new one. Because sometimes writing your thoughts out and hearing yourself same and reading them back, you start to realize it's not giving the, it's not setting the expectation or delivering the message you hope. That's one thing. The second thing is I'm a big believer in doing these face to face because emails don't have tonation, right? They don't share emotion. They're just, 
they're going to be interpreted the way the person's mood wants them to interpret what you're saying to them. So you have to be very cautious. That's the next thing. I also believe that as an owner, it's okay, just like a speech, right? If it's hard for you to collect your thoughts, write them out, write your, write your conversation on paper, especially your high line points and literally deliver them per bullet point and share them because that'll spark, oh, and listen, I wanted you to understand though that this, 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 and this, as opposed to, you know, you might get heated and then you lose a point that you could have uh, 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 been better in delivering your message, right? So these are all like pre-prep, prior to this, this conversation that you have that set you up for success. So you don't leave there if in a full, it's in full explosion, or maybe you start to backtrack for whatever reason you start to question yourself. Cause that can happen oh, yeah. in these conversations. And then you leave there and what happens? You feel good for like a few hours, but then you have a little bit of like buyer's remorse where you're like, wait a minute, I don't think I got my point across. I don't think we're in a better place. Like we're just going to end up back here. So, that's like all behind the scenes is prepping and laying that out. And here's another thing for you, Jason. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I find it super helpful before these calls to write out a list of what I expect to occur after this. Like what's the perfect world scenario? Because then as a leader, I can try to figure out how to navigate in this conversation so that we all end up where this ideal world is. And you may not right? It just may not be able to get there. But if you don't know where there is, you certainly won't end up there, right? right? It's like yep. you have to have begin with the end in mind concept. So that's another thing, right? And then the third thing is, if you know that this is a highly contestable, conflictual conversation, have your offboarding plans ready in front of you, right? And I know yeah, this, this is would be a tough an extreme one. case, but yes, this is an extreme case. Now, now, what I mean by that also, though, is if you're an owner and if I know that we're going to have a conversation that's that's could potentially be heated, especially when we're talking about a business in a business like this may be the conversation that we're having where it's like, hey, we either need to end this or it's got to change direction. That's a pretty serious conversation. Right. And it's just and, I, and listen, I don't mean like having your walking papers, you know, pink right. slip yeah, and yeah, last yeah. check in yeah. front of you. I just mean having what that looks like in your company. Like if this gets so heated and you say, hey, maybe the right thing for us to do is to create an exit plan, you know? And if you already know what that looks like in front of you, it's like, I'm, I'm very happy for us to, like, if you don't believe that you can continue a relationship with this organization under these new circumstances, then now it's the second conversation because what are they going to start doing? Potentially sabotaging their position or your business because they're going to be resentful. They're pissed. You just took away a means of income and revenue, something they're passionate about. This is the real side of the story. This is what's going to happen. This is where we get hit and say, hey, so-and-so left because they want to do X. Or I found out they're coaching 25 members in the park that are paying them directly while using our equipment. So, yeah, and I think, I think, so I think you've touched base on a lot of really good things, right? Is owners need to sit down and discuss this before the resentment starts to snowball. Having clear, concise like ideas of what you want to do. You touch base on something that's really particularly important. I've had many conversations where you sit down and you have a tough conversation, but you kind of like sugarcoat it and you mm -hmm. get tough, but not tough enough, right? Like, Hey, so JP, you know, I know you have this business going on inside the gym. You know, I think we need to kind of reevaluate that. You know, I'm feeling a little bit this way and they say, okay, yeah, let's reevaluate it. And then, okay. And then, and then you leave. Right. But it's like, nothing was ever like, you know, whatever. 
then a couple weeks go by. It's like, well, hey, like JP, I just want to follow up. You know, remember we, we were talking about reevaluating. Um, and, and I think what happens is right. This this kind of like this. It keeps getting pushed down, pushed down, pushed down. And I think if you go in there with their list of goals that you want to accomplish and the why, at least you can walk out of there with something tangible. Mm-hmm. They might not love it. You might not love it. But at least you came to some type of resolution towards the future. And I think it's really important also to note, guys, we want our team to thrive. A hundred percent. And we want them to thrive because if they're doing well, we're doing well. It just can't be at the expense of the company. It needs to be a Bottom fair line. and equitable relationship because then everybody has something to move forward. It's like if it's too good to be true, it is too good to be true. Meaning if if someone is doing something that just seems a little bit, mm, I don't know, it doesn't add up, right? They're, they're long-term, it just doesn't work. And I think it needs to work for both parties. We yeah. want to see people do PT. We want to see people do nutrition. 100%. We want to see people do Zoom classes and get paid additionally. We just don't want the company to get the short end of the stick because yeah. of it. That's it. Hey, listen, we wouldn't be in, a, a owner wouldn't be in that position normally if they weren't trying to provide the best for their team. So it's like you got there under the best intentions, right? Like I'm in a, in these positions under the best intentions. How do I know? Because I believe I'm a good person and I want the best for my team. How do I know this is true? Because I have team members that have been with me for five, seven, 10 years, right? Like you can tell based on the retention of your staff, whether or not you're good at a couple of things, one at hiring, two at firing, or three, you know, being a good leader, right? If you have constant turnover, something's going wrong, right? If you have constant resentment in your team, something's going wrong. Like you have to, the, the, the truth, truth, the real, real is you just, you just as an owner have to be humble enough and have enough humility where you can look in the mirror sometimes and be like, Hey, you know what? I really blew it in this relationship or I've blown it in all my relationships or I'm really not good at that. I want to go get better. Let me go read. Let me go. I don't need to read one book and now I'm a, I'm, I'm a pro at conversations, but let me go read this book or these HBR, these Harvard Business Review notes of how to have successful conversations and take these notes in with me into this tough talk and let that help. Let that be my mentor on my shoulder in this conversation. Like why we don't do and more people don't do this kind of stuff is 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 always like the 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 hmm type of moment because we have all those resources, right? You and I didn't learn this stuff magically, right? Some people are inherently good at it. Others need to go find the resource to get better at it. But as owners, Jason, I say it over and over and over again, like, please, like, take a step back, look at yourself in the mirror, take time to reflect and don't always just, I think I've said this before when we've talked, but at the end of the day, when you point blame, when you point blame at the end of the day in your business, when it's your business and you point blame, the, the, the only time you have a right to do that is when you're, I know it's going to sound cheesy, is when you're standing in front of the mirror. Like it's literally the only time you have the right to point blank is when you're standing in front of the mirror and as you, because if you're going to go to this individual and say, Hey, here's our conflicting conversation. Here's expectation standards. You're in my business. This is this, I'm creating this, this, then the only reason why that all went wrong is because look in the mirror, you, they came into your organization, at a certain time and expectations were not established or if they were you allowed them to be breached enough times where the new norm got wide right you got blurry the vision got foggy and so you just got to take responsibility for it and if you can go into this conversation with that level of humility then you know you're doing everything right 
And, and here's my, my last little thing on this, because ultimately as an owner, your job is just to be able to lay your head at night, knowing you did the best you could for everything in your, um, in your environment, in your world that day, right? Like that. I know you believe in that. Like it's, it's not like, Hey, did I try to do more things right today? No, that's, that's all like lazy, lazy ideas. That's, that's excuses. You lay your head at night going today. I know I constantly did the right thing. I did the right thing by my family. I did the right thing by my staff. I did the right thing by my members. I did the right thing. That's because that's what I know. I did the right thing. Then you can lay your, your head at night knowing that whatever you wake up to in the morning is what you, is what is going to be given to you by the universe. Yeah. I think, you know, I think you summarize it really well. You know, have some humility, look in the mirror, recognize that when things do go awry, it's, it, 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 was, it was stemmed by a, by a green light by you one way or another. It's like having the competition guys in the corner uh, snatching weights during class. It, it started hmm. off, you didn't do anything about it, and it fostered into something bigger. That'll be next week's podcast. That'll be next week's podcast. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and take ownership in it. Go have a tough conversation. But I assure you, you'll look back on that a year from now, six months from now, and be like, dude, I'm so happy that we had that conversation. But do it in a way, like JP's saying, where it's super just, you just really go with the facts and, and, and try and have humility and and fall on the sword about it. Hey, this was, this is on me. And I think you diffuse the situation to start and then have a conversation because you're going to go in there and it's going to be like two bulls ready to fire up. And one of you needs to kind of lay their head down and be like, Hey, let's have a conversation. And in my experience (laughs) is typically not the other person. So if you can be that person, it's going to be good for the overall business. And JP, I, I think that was super insightful. I know that you're going through, you know, this podcast always about practical application. I think, you shine some light on, uh, on some of that. And so, um, really appreciate it, brother. And, um, dude, well, Hey, any, uh, any closing last words? Yeah. Here's my closing last words because right in your last summary there, you, you also said something that's a, a huge lesson learned for for everybody to take away from this. We talked about how to go in to proper preparation for these particular meetings, going in there with humility, being humble. You even talked about something about the sugar coat concept, right? Like just because you eat a kale salad doesn't mean you can finish it with a cookie, right? Like you just can't. So don't sugarcoat the conversation where you leave there and being like, "Mm, I feel good about it now, but was that really what I wanted to really get where we wanted to be? But right at the end there, you said something really unique as you said, you know, you're going to go in there like two bowls, right? And you don't want like, you want to lay down in the fight, et cetera, right? And then someone comes out victorious. Well, here's the other thing. You don't want to go in there as, a, as an alpha owner, as the bull in hopes of, you don't want to go there in the mentality in hopes of they lay their head down because then they might walk out of the conversation with the same concerns. Like they might feel good about it temporarily or even worse is they leave there just feeling defeated. Like the only reason why they agreed to it is because they're scared for their job or they, or they're worried about repercussions. Like that's not the way you want to come to a proper solution. Right. And, and, and so my, my, my ending note on that is if, and this has to do with try with, with not trying, but knowing you did the right thing, go into the conversation. And again, on another cheesy, but truthful note, and, and ultimately your goal is to try to figure out a way that is a win-win now, that win-win might not be something that that individual sees as a win right then. 
but a mentor of mine said something really unique when I was learning how to terminate people decades ago. And he said, if you remember that if you're running your business and somebody doesn't fit the, 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 genet the makeup of the business to help you get to where you want it to go to succeed, because then everybody wins, right? All the people in that organization win, careers, trajectory, et cetera, right? Like pack all that stuff in there. But if you can sit down in front of that person and know that you're honestly doing them a service by having the conversation and letting them know what is best for the business because you feel the most correct about it, you are saving everyone the most valuable thing we have in our lives. And that is time. Because the last thing you want to do is waste another week, month, or year of either of your times in a unhealthy, non-progressing, positive relationship. And if you're showing up to work the next day feeling bad about it or bad about that individual or worse, you have team members that are showing up resentful of you as an owner or other team members because they're getting away with something. This is not the way anybody in a proper positive work environment should be. So think about it. Go into these conversations on how can everybody win more? It's not going to always seem like that at first. But ultimately, it sorts itself out if you do, again, what I said, which is by your belief systems, the right thing. You have, you've got to do the right thing. Hey, well, JP, thank you for your time. It's figuring out what is the right thing. And that's for you or for not you, you, me, uh, I, us, everybody listening to figure out. So thanks brother i uh, i appreciate you jumping on and uh, as always very insightful i hope you have a great day yeah thanks for having me buddy thank you everybody for listening